This is the Ed Milet Show. Okay, welcome back to the show, everybody. Today's an honor for me. I'm such a huge fan of this man. I happen to believe that he has the greatest male vocalist voice in the world. I have two favorite vocalists. I have this man and Chris Stapleton, I think, have the two best voices <laughs> on the planet. And he's a highly decorated, awarded country music star, but he's really just a music star. But today's not going to be what you think. We're going to talk a little bit about music, but we're going to talk a lot about life, mental health, um, morning routines, because he's a personal development addict and expert as well. So my friend, Brett Eldridge, welcome to the show, brother. Ed, thank you for having me, man. It's it's a long time coming, man. I've been a, I've been a huge fan of your show. You got me through uh, a lot of tough times in my life and just growth in my life. So I, uh, I'm excited to be on the other side of the, of the microphone on this one and get to actually chat with you and dig deep with it. Thank you, brother. And everyone, listen, I meant what I said. He has an album coming out called songs about you. It's out June 17th. I've listened to the entire album. I told him it's my favorite album I've ever listened to in my life. And I'm not just saying this because he's on the show. The first three songs I listened to, I'm like, okay, that's the album. You know, most albums, there's like a couple, three good songs. You're like, all right, that's the album. And then it just changed and got better and better and better. And so first off, I just want to acknowledge you and why now I've been reading a little bit, like you held off a little while to make another album. Tell them why. Yeah. There are pressures in this business to feel like you always got to be putting out something. And, but you know, the thing with me is that I want it to be important to me. I want it, I want it to be from a real place. And I, and I had a whole album written last year that was ready to go. And, and it was really good and ready to be recorded, but I really, I felt like there was a little bit more, like I could go a little bit deeper. And so I, I got back at the beginning of the year uh, after all my Christmas shows, just got right off tour and went right into this record and and pretty much beat the entire album because I just went a little bit deeper. Yeah. And it was the best thing I've ever done was just to keep just to just to just to test yourself a little bit more. If you just go a little farther into that, that and I found that flow state, you know, that kind of state of like yeah. every song I was starting to write was like exactly the space and the map and the place that I wanted to write and sing in. And it was like, oh, that's why you that's why you go a little farther in life. I, it makes sense now. Isn't that true in everything, though? I mean, the more you can push yourself and just go a little bit deeper into who you are, what you stand for, what you believe in, is really where the creative process, all of us are artists. I mean, I think sometimes yeah. Oh, yeah. people are like, well, yeah, Brett Eldridge is an artist. He's born with this amazing voice. He's trained himself to be so great. But your life is an art form. And, yeah. and, and life is part science and part art. And the way we express ourselves every single day is our human version of art. And what was interesting for me, because, you know, I've got to know you a little bit the last few years, you know, just, you know, us corresponding back and forth. And I just didn't realize how open you were about this word pressure you use, which may be self-imposed. I'm not sure. But oh, yeah, both. both. <laughs> talk, talk a little bit about your journey with that, your anxiety. I mean, yeah. you even had some panic attacks from time to time, right? Like, what is yeah. that and how have you dealt with it? Ooh, well, I'm, I am, uh, I am definitely a recovering perfectionist yeah. for sure. I am definitely uh, somebody who's trying uh, my best, uh, to give myself a little bit more grace and respect and in, in my life through the years, because I've always, it's also made me successful, but it's really beaten me down. You know what I mean? It's just like, man, I just, if I don't either, there are points in my career and in my life where, you know, when he first moved to Nashville, I've always thought of it as like Disney world, you know, like everything just feels magical and you see all the amazing things and it's beautiful and everything's magic and, and nobody's going to stop you. And, uh, and then you get a peek behind the curtain and you see all the, the things that crank, you know, uh, and, and, it, and it's just like, it kind of jades you a little bit, kind of, kind of jolts you a little bit and, and, it, and it, and it kicks you back. And so I, I really had the, to learn, once the business frame came in and the pressures and everything, it kind of took away my soul a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I was getting ready to go on stage and instead of just going up there and singing and, you know, there'd be a point when I first started where I wouldn't even think about my voice. I wouldn't think about how good I had to be. I was just me. Mm -hmm. And then the pressures of life piled on, piled on. And you got to sound just like your records in my head. I'm telling myself that no one was really even telling me that, but I'm telling myself that. Yeah. And and I got to the point where I'd almost pass out on stage. I would sit on the back of my bus and just like wait all day till the show was going on. I was just a mess. Like, 
And nobody knew it though, because when you saw me, I was smiling and I was, you know, I was on social media all the time. I was doing these things. And I had this persona as like the most laid back chill guy. And I really am that guy in some ways, but I'm also like, you know, really quiet and introverted and, and not always that guy. And I was always playing off as that thing. And uh, those pressures really got to me and I would, I would, yeah, I would get into panic stage and then I would have to go in front of, you know, 10,000 people. And once I got into the show, I, I, I loosened up a little bit, but there was a while where I was white knuckle on the microphone stand, like holding on to it. I'm only in the third song and I'm worn out. Wow. And I'm, and, uh, and a lot of the fans didn't know that. And I got to the point where I was like, this is not a way to live. You know, this is not a way to, I was supposed to love this thing. I was supposed to, this is supposed to be my craft. This is supposed to be what I was born to do. I'm, I'm feeling like I'm just barely hanging on. And, uh, and so I had to change and, uh, it took a while though, because <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you don't really know how I grew up in a little town called Paris, Illinois, beautiful place to be from. But like, I didn't know anything about therapy. I didn't know anything. I mean, not that it was the fault of me, but it was just, wasn't uh, a big thing. You know, it wasn't like a social thing. And when it was, it was like, you go to therapy in the movies and you're laying on a couch and you know, you know, the whole, every scene and yep. or people think you're crazy or something. It's like, and so it took, it took some panic attacks. It took me going on one point. I was on the today show, I believe. And I had a panic attack on the today show. Nobody knew it. I don't think I've ever even said that, but uh, I said I've had panic attacks, but basically it all triggered from an interview in Scotland. And I was, I was like, I got up, I was jet lagged. I was going one behind another artist. And I was feeling comparison, a little bit of the imposter syndrome. I was feeling, you know, probably too many coffees. It's like all these things. And I, <laughs> I had a, I had a panic attack that triggered me into more panic attacks. Mm -hmm. Basically I had it in front of a, a crowd and nobody knew it. I thought I was going to throw up on stage in front of all these people just talking, which I'd never had a problem with that in my life. And it was like a car car wreck in my head. You know, it was like a very scary experience. It's and to, to only me though, because, but, but to me, it was, it was as, as scary as it gets. What's interesting is that, you know, first off, I told everybody today was going to be remarkable. I just didn't know we we're going to go this deep, this quickly. <laughs> yeah, let's go, man. And, and and I love you, and I appreciate you for doing it because he's one of the biggest stars in the world. He does not need to tell you these things. And and it's an interesting thing. I want to unpack something you said there because I relate to it. Number one, I have to yeah. also be transparent, which is that we have these things, these behaviors we do that we know don't serve us. All of us do, but we've somehow linked doing it in our mind to part of our recipe to success. And we go, if I drop this, maybe yeah. everything else goes away. If I drop my stress, if I drop my, you know, this pain I put myself through to get, and it could be a sales call, you know, it could be people that are out there in sales right now. It's the, it's this, I got to get into this state where I'm miserable all day until the meeting. And then yeah. after the meeting, maybe the meeting's fun. Then after the meeting, there's this down, I'm even more miserable, but guess what? I got the sale. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's part of my formula. And guess what? You know, I got my CMT award. So yeah. this must work for me. Right. Yet it's this debilitating thing. I was just talking to another, I won't say who, but he's a very, very well-known pastor who's a great orator. And we were both sharing with each other, frankly, this thing that you have as well that have had where we're just like the pain of doing the, the actual doing of the speaking or the singing or the sales call is joyous. It's the yeah. before and the after that's just oh my God. It's the self-loathing afterwards. I should have said this, I could have done that. You know, for you, I missed that note or whatever it is, yes. you know, I was off key and you probably really weren't. But so how do we begin to say, well, no, that's probably, I'm actually being successful in spite of this behavior mm -hmm. that doesn't serve me. Give us one thing you did where you're like, look, was it just the awareness that you're doing it or was there a particular strategy? Um, I did a few different things and I'll, and I'll, I think it all kind of ties together for the performances. Instead of sitting in my bus all morning, thinking all day about what I, cause it's a huge sacrifice of your life to go out there on the road. And you're pretty much, you wake up at, I get up really early. Mm -hmm. I get up early and then I don't play till nine o'clock at night. And then I'm just thinking about what that, like you were just saying that buildup of like all the way to the big moment, whether it's your big sales call or it's whatever. I was only thinking about performing. What's my voice feel like? What's this? You know, what if, what if I pass out on stage? What if this, and I was playing the what if games and, and uh, totally self-doubting, you know, cause completely just destroying myself and, and mentally. And so 
I did a few things. One thing I started to do is I would go out for hikes. I got outside. Honestly, getting outside was a huge thing for me prior is like getting out of my head and into my life. The moment I get out of my head and into my life and into like Very just true. being is so powerful. Yeah. And, and so that was a huge thing for me. So that's a big step of like killing some of the time or actually not even killing it, but being in the moments other than right here, mm -hmm. I'm in the woods. I'm looking at these things. I'm playing wiffle ball outside with my band or whatever it is that you might want to do. Mm -hmm. And then, um, before the shows, I would start a pre-show dance party. So we'd find this, the craziest song you could think of, like some, we'll pick a crazy song and uh, something that's not going to make you take life so serious. And we dance, we, we dance as crazy as we possibly can before the show. <laughs> yeah. And it's so fun. And it, and it really realized just anything to take that nervous energy off mm -hmm. and to realize that this is, this is supposed to be fun. You're, not, you're taking yourself way too damn serious. And that's that you just nailed it. I was going to say something. I want to just jump in with you because, you know, you and I have texted about some of these things a little bit too, or DM'd on it as well. Yeah. That's the thing. We all have a tendency to take ourselves too seriously. And yeah. I, I'm talking about everybody, even those of us that, you know, you think, no, I don't do that. I'm just really hard on myself or I'm down on myself. No, you're taking yourself too seriously and you're creating weight. Yes. The bigger, the bigger deal you think you are the more weight you're creating in your life. I think yeah. one of the huge things you've said so far, one, you're supposed to enjoy it, but two yeah. is don't take yourself so seriously. And I think, you know, for people that are going to climb to success too, hey, more and more people taking you seriously can sometimes cause you to take yourself more seriously as well, right? The more success, oh. the more money, maybe the more accolades. And you could just be someone who used to work in another company. Now you're running your own. More people take you seriously now. So you put more weight on you taking yourself seriously. Absolutely. And I, and I, I think that this could go for anything too, is when I would get on that stage and I would be in that kind of heightened mode of taking myself so serious, I also learned the craft and this is through therapy and this is through just digging in and listening to your show and listen to other people that are, you know, brilliant in this, this, this world of helping figure out life, you know, is, yeah. is trying to always learn and grow. And it was like, there's always somebody whether it's in a room of five people or a room of 20,000, there's always somebody that needs to hear the message you're about to say. And, and, and I, I look for that person in the crowd when I'm, when I'm broken on stage and they don't know it. And when I'm in a tough spot, I look for that person that needs me and I need them. And it's like a connection that is so powerful that it takes me out of my head and it takes me to the reason that I, the whole reason why I got in this in the first place and why I feel like I'm on this earth. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I, wow. I have this thing with you where I, I you know, I don't know whether you're, I, I don't know how to describe it. If you're gifted and you've worked at your craft, because this voice he has, you guys is, he, he Brett could have decided he was going to be, uh, you know, sing the blues. He could have done jazz. He could have done, I mean, any type of music. I mean, his voice is just, butter it's so good so sometimes i think well that was your calling but the more and more i've listened to you and the more and more we've communicated and even today i'm like wow i wonder if your calling is way past even music because the way you reach people you have this thing you say and you just started to touch on it i wrote it down because i want you to talk about it you said we are all put on this earth to connect with one another yeah and i think i think oftentimes people go well yeah uh, of course, uh, Brett does. I mean, he's in front of millions of people singing and everybody knows him and all that stuff. But, you know, me, I work in a cubicle somewhere. I'm yeah. still, I, I was put to connect with people. What would you say to that person? Yeah, I would say, I mean, think about some of the most random, random uh, conversations you've had on and tough points in your life. Or the little things that just turn your day around just a little bit. You know, I was I've had some people pull me out of a tough place in my life that are complete strangers. And they had no idea that they pulled me out of a place just by showing up. And I think showing up for that connection. And there's been times in my life where I, it's a lot easier to stay in that zone of, Hey, I can stay in this little box all the time mm. and, uh, and not go out and connect and not, and not reach out for help and reach out to help, you know, reaching out to help is just as important as reaching out for help as well. Is like, cause you know what it feels like to need that help. And I think, just being open to that connection to, with a stranger to anybody and just being there as an open ear. I mean, I think that's, that's everything. So as a songwriter, you know, I have that opportunity yeah. to a storyteller to connect with somebody 
that's the reason why I do it. It's like these stories, I know somebody needs to hear that story and it could be a stranger and I get that opportunity and it's such a beautiful thing. And I live, that is why I sit down and I write these songs. And that's why I get up there on that stage. Even when I sometimes don't feel in the right headspace, you know, when I can really remind myself that, that really, that really brings me back to it. And it, it doesn't have to be on stage. It can be anywhere in life. Your imposter syndrome thing. Is there something, I mean, you, you know, I read about your childhood. It looks like a good one, but was there, yeah. do you think there's something installed in you? when you were young, because I have this theory that a lot of our patterns, a lot of our beliefs, a lot of our limiting beliefs were sort of installed in us when we were a bit defenseless as children by loving people, mm. by well-intentioned yeah. people. Like my dad loved me, cared about me. He really believed in me, but my dad had this thing. He would, oh, I mean, I'm 45 years old. My dad would hang up and go, hey, be careful. Be careful. Yeah. My dad's favorite thing to say to me was be careful. And I didn't, it seemed harmless, but I've heard that from my father maybe before he passed, like, 5,000 times. Yeah. And I think there's an embedded message in that when you're young, like, Hey, bad things are going to happen. Yeah, this, yeah. Isn't gonna, this isn't going to last forever. You know, and I started yeah. taking my own meanings from it. And I was part of my chaos in my life was like, why do I not, why am I not enjoying this more? Why do I feel like it's going to end? Why do I feel like I'm faking it all the time? I used to really feel for a long time. I still do sometimes. This is a fluke. They're going yeah, yeah. to figure me. They're going to figure out this is a fluke. I went on a pretty good run. And then that was yeah. it. Is yeah. any of that from your childhood that you can conclude yeah. or do you, or do you not know? That's a brilliant way to, to think about it. And I, I think it's really important to be able to look at that because I, I, had, I am so blessed by my childhood and I, I, you know, I had it, my parents did as good as possible job as they ever could. I mean, I'm so fortunate, but you know, it's like, my mother was a warrior. She's, she's, she's the mother, she's a nurturer and she always worried and not in a bad way. Her mom was a warrior, you know, and, and, uh, and passed that down. And it also protected me in some ways, but it also made me a little bit like, Oh, my voice is tired. Oh, I got to think about that all the time. And I, you know, that's, it's going to break out. And if I, if it's a little tired today, then how am I going to make it through this show? And then, you know, and, uh, but she's just watching, she's just looking out for me. Yes. But you know, there's these little things. And then my dad is, he believes in worth ethic and, you know, did you shoot a hundred free throws today? And did yeah. you practice in the basement singing? Did you do, uh, do you see any songs? Not as a, not as a, like, um, out of anger thing or anything in bad intentions, it made me successful. And, uh, and I'm as close as can be with him, but I still, you know, and, and he was just trying his best cause he wanted the best for me and he saw the best in me. Yes. And, uh, but I still hear that as like, did I, 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 right before I started with you today, I was, I did, uh, my vocal lessons. Mm. Um, and I was telling my, I was telling myself, I was like, if I don't do my vocal lessons today, I miss vocal lessons today, then I'm not going to be practiced for that show. I'm not going to be ready. So, mm. and, and then I, it's probably all the way back from, did you practice in the basement? And it's not his fault. No, it's just those things that you like, it's, it also made me who I am, but it is wild that to come and and what you're saying is right emotions are negative or positive just too much of one can be fear is actually a healthy thing to some extent fear was given to us back in the caveman days so that we didn't get eaten by t-rex it fear helps you focus too much fear paralyzes you that's the irony and so and a lot of things in our life are caught not taught by our parents so we catch things from them meaning by the way and they love us we can catch their emotions though and yeah, yeah, yeah. Your parents' emotional home oftentimes can become yours by catching it, caught, not taught. I know one of the things you've done a great job of is structure and mm. you become a real routine person where I don't think you oh, were yeah. prior. So tell us, let us peek in. This is Brett Elge, is one of the top people in the world at what he does. Mm-hmm. And he has a structure that's helped him overcome some of these, whatever you want to call them, mental health, anxiety, you know. Yeah. issues. What do you, what are some of your routines? I have to put on my armor in the morning. You know, I have to, I have to get up. I gotta, I gotta do all the classic stuff to so make the bed, mm. brush the teeth, do the journaling. Mm. Actually I do, uh, I, I made my bed, brush my teeth, uh, get some natural light in my eyes, like open up the windows as simple as that. And then, uh, do a 10 minute meditation, um, sit there and just kind of sit with silence. And then I, and then I journal and I just kind of write down the good, the good, bad, or whatever I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, and then I, and then I set an intention about, you know, what am I going to do today? I'm going to try not to be so hard on myself, you know, today I'm going to be, I'm going to be a little more kind to of myself. And 
let whatever shows up, show up and, and, uh, still going to have a good day regardless, you know, and, and, and started having that. And then I would go, I got to get exercise is that's a huge thing for me is, is just getting out, getting in the gym. And, uh, if I spend some time with my dog, you know, yeah, Ed, you know, that's it. I know yeah absolutely. You got a dog and, named Ed. I mean, how good is that? That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know you love your dog. So I do, you know, Lily and yeah. Daisy are my, my yeah. But, so uh, you have that true. Do you do any cold plunge? <clears throat> yes. So I, I, I skipped that. So I, I've, I've, I've been playing with that a little bit lately. Sometimes I do it before workout. Sometimes I do it after, mm-hmm. but yes, I'm really into the cold. Uh, I, I, I'm a firm believer in that and uh cold showers what I've done now. I'm, I'm trying to get a cold plunge tub, tub cause I was using my pool, but now it's not, it's, it's really hot in Nashville now, but it was, you know, the pool was like at 40 degrees. That'll wake you up real quick. Yeah, but so I, uh, you do all this stuff. Wow. Anything else? Yeah. Let's see. I do all that. I, I limit my phone time. Hmm. So that is one of the things that really drives my anxiety through the roof. And I mean, we know why now, I mean, it's like, it's the dopamine rush all the time and then it wears you out. But I used to be really active to an unhealthy level on social media, but it was huge for me, hmm. but I found myself on it so much that I was being that guy that was always happy and, and top. This is back before I was being vulnerable and just saying, Oh, you know? And so when I speak on social media now, I'm just more honest with how I feel. But back then it was like, I'm smiling. You can't ever see me not smiling. You can't ever see me not feeling good. The happy go lucky. I'm singing to my phone. I got my dog here. I got all this stuff. And, you know, and then I realized this is not these pressures or not pressures that really anybody else created. I kind of created on myself but now I got to keep up with this. Yeah. And so I, I dropped that. I dropped the, I still have, I have a, I have a, I have a smartphone now, but I got a flip phone for a while, which that. was crazy. <laughs> and I got a, I got a Polaroid camera. I'm not saying everybody needs to go do this, even though I think it's a great practice if you want to try it. And then I just, I just shut it down for a little bit. And uh, it really made me kind of reassess how I, viewed it all. I, th- I still think social media is a, a great tool and, and it is, it is what that is, is a tool. It's not your life fully, you know? And so I limit my phone time now where you can set a, a screen time limit on your phone. And the trick is though, a lot of people will set that and then you can hit ignore. Like once your two hours goes up, you just hit ignore. Well, I learned that if you, you said a pass, you have somebody else set a passcode. You can't get back through it. No way. No. Way. Yeah. So I'll have somebody I know in management or my brother or whoever, Hey, to set this passcode. And then when this, when I can't get back on it, because you know, wow. Apps are built for you to go a little bit longer. I'll just look at a couple more things or watch a couple more YouTube videos or whatever it is. Once it shuts me out, I'm out. And so when I'm actually on social media, I'm mindfully, not just scrolling as much. I'm, I'm posting videos. I'm doing the things that mean the message that I want. And then I'm taking the content that I feel, you know, serves my soul the most. Yeah. And, uh, and then, uh, and then if I'm running out of time, I run out of time. <laughs> Brother, I just stole your idea. I'm going to do that. <laughs> just no, no, do no, it. I'm going to actually do that. That was for me. I need to do that. I, I limited my time, but the truth is I break that promise four or five times a week. Absolutely. Everybody does. I mean, it's, I'm going to do that. I'm going to have my team change their passcodes. And I'm like, you cannot give me this thing back. Exactly. Because it is the great, um, it's like emotions. It, you know, some of it's good and a lot of it's not. Yeah. And some of some social media is great. And being on there too much is such a presence stealer. Yes. Of, of your life. And so I'm so grateful you're saying this guys, like the more and more you learn about people that are very, very successful, the more you're going to begin to believe you can be because they're not much different than you. And that's oh, God, one, yeah. one of the beautiful things about you, brother. And you also listen to good stuff. So one of my favorite interviews you ever done was with Rolling Stone. And because they asked you what you listen to, what's on yeah. your playlist? And you yeah. said, I like John Mayer, hip hop playlists, early 2000s stuff, Nelly, Snoop Dogg. And I listened to the Ed Milet show. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> that was, that was yes. like that in Rolling Stone. But setting me aside for a second, what about reading? What about listening to good stuff? I mean, that's got to be a part I know now more and more of you of just feeding your soul and your your spirit, your mind on a regular basis. Yeah, I. so I'm dyslexic. And so reading, yeah. So it's been, uh, 
learning has been a journey. Reading has been a journey my whole life. Um, as a kid, uh, I got, it was really kind of a tough thing because I would, I'd be in taking a test and say the test, the class was an hour long for the test. You know, there'd be people that got done in 20 minutes, you know, the brainiacs are people that just, it comes to them easier and they, they turn their test. And then I would be like, at the end of the class, I'd still have half the test left, you know? And so I could never figure it out. And then eventually I went years struggling through that. And, uh, I found out that I was dyslexic. And so I got a time. I was very fortunate to where I got a time and a half on tests. You're serious after that. Yeah. Which was amazing that they do that because if I didn't have that, I would, I mean, I ended up having pretty good grades because I, I, it's not like I couldn't learn it. It just took me longer to do that. So long story short, I don't read, I, I do audiobooks. So I do a lot of audiobooks and I just read a book called breath. That was really interesting, um, by James Nestor. That was, uh, about breathing. And I'm always trying to figure out some kind of techniques, some, and then podcasts, man. Seriously, I, I, I think when I started going on hikes, I go on a hike every day. That's one of my big things. And, uh, uh it started, uh, to where I would go on a hike and I would listen to one of your whole podcast or, and then, and then you'd bring on a guest mm-hmm. and I, and it was somebody I'm really interested. In, so then I'm, I, then I discovered that just like, yeah. just like me singing a song with somebody else. And then all of a sudden, or somebody's opening for me or whatever it is. And I discover that person's artist. Cause I go to the show or whatever. And then I, then I start listening to their music. It's like, you know, people that you love usually surround them other, but themselves by people that make them greater. And, and then you, you find that, that group of people that you really believe mm-hmm. and uh, that speak to your soul. And that's what I do is I try to find somebody that just, uh, I believe in their message and, and, uh, and that, that they're also just as willing to grow as I am and still realize, even if they're at the top, that they know that they have a lot further to go and, and, uh, that they don't have it all figured out. I think that's my favorite thing is to realize the people that I idolize or use as mentors don't, they might have a lot of messages, but they're the first to admit that, that, that they don't really have it all figured out, but they, but they have tools that help them get through, through their day. That's perfectly said. That's what I hope. I hope that I do is that I don't. Yeah, that's exactly what you do. That's, that's why, that's how I got into all this really, honestly. Thank you, man. I mean, and I, I just think you're such a remarkable man and I want to, I want to talk about music a little bit. I'm curious, it's kind of a two-parter being dyslexic. Does that affect in any way you're writing because you write, I'm wondering if there's any impact on that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, your music, I just want to make a comment about it. Because you said something about affecting people. When I speak, my hope is that maybe they even forget a lot of things they say, but they remember how they feel. And to me, your music, um, I'm actually I actually get emotional listening to your music. I told you that the um, the uh, songs about you that I was emotional listening to it in my car. I actually messaged you as I was listening to it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I played Sunday Drive um, this weekend for my wife for like the four hundredth time with the actual video, yeah, which is my favorite of all of your songs of, of tons that I love. And I, I cried again. Like I, I cried, like I feel things, um, in your music. So talk about if the dyslexia helps you hurts you at all or affects your writing and then songs about you, like talk a little bit about the album and what people should expect from it. Yeah. Uh, I think dyslexia, whether it's dyslexia or just my mind is very all over the place in a lot of ways. So some people like if I, so I like my processes as a songwriter, I love to get, I love to get kind of the foundation of the song ready to go. Like I might have the melody and I record it in my phone mm-hmm. or I have I, a title to a song and I record it in my phone or I'll get the whole chorus written. Like some, like some songs will come to me in the middle of the night at 3am and I have to get up and jump up and record it. The idea, or as you know, it escapes you if you don't get up. Right. Um, so I like to have the concept kind of together. And then I show up with some incredible collaborators. Sometimes I write them by myself, mm-hmm. but I love to, to, to work with people that are stronger than me in other areas and, and uh, somebody that might play some different chords that I wouldn't normally go to on a song that lifts that, that idea, that concept that I have in my head or somebody that can twist a little part of a lyric in a different spot. And so, but you know, to the dyslexic part or just the way my mind works is I'm all over the place in a ride. A lot of the times where 
And, it, and I actually think it does help me whether it's, you know, I think because I'll jump around to a lot of different ideas in the middle of a right. And I get people that just trust me to know that I don't want to waste their time either. I want to get an idea that we all get, but if I'm like kind of into the idea of the song and then I, I, I stop and I'm like, ah, but I had this other idea. I was just thinking about this morning as I was walking in the studio and I, I really want this. And we just totally, that, that song just goes away forever, but it wasn't the song that was speaking to me and it's not speaking to me. And it's probably not going to speak to, you know, cause I, I got to tell the story at the end of the day, I got to believe every word I'm saying and I got to live it. You know, it's got to speak to my soul. And if it doesn't, then nobody else is going to believe me, you know, and that only, la that only gets you so far, you know? So the people that I've really found, I've, I've found some inc incredible collaborators that can listen to me kind of mumble and spit a bunch of words out and lyrics and melodies and help me pull it together. And, uh, mm. and that's how the songs kind of come together for me as people that just have that trust and, uh, and they really make me a better person and, and songwriter and everything just by being there with me along for the ride. That's all you can ever ask for as a collaborator, as a creator, as somebody that just wants to go down that with you and they'll show up day in and day out and we're, we can all become successful from it, but you know, that all has to start with great music. And uh, what if someone didn't like it? So I, I find that impossible, but uh, art is, art is, um, uh, um, there's an assessment made of art, right? Like yeah. some people's, how you already sort of acknowledge, Hey man, like I've got these anxieties, I've got these fears. So be real, keep, continue to be real. Cause I think you're helping yeah. so many people right now, bro. Like I, yeah. you're helping millions of people right now. This is going to be, yeah. shared, this will be shared widely. Yeah. How about criticism? How about that? And how is that the final frontier? It is for me. So if oh all, my God. all the things I've had to work on in my life, you know, my mental preparation, my overcoming my chaos and anxiety and sort of my introversion and my melancholy nature and all these things that I still are right around me all the time. The final yeah. frontier for me is how I deal with criticism because I'm so hard on myself like you are. Yeah, yeah. That, that uh, you know, if I have not pleased somebody, mm -hmm. someone's not happy with my work or I'll give you an example. I gave a speech yesterday and the guy that introduced me said, this man gave the best keynote speech I've ever heard in my life six months ago. That's why I've invited him in. It's a pretty big compliment, right? He goes, oh, oh my God, God, yeah. Great compliment. And then when I'm done, I go, I said, how did I do? He goes, really good. You know what that's like, right? And yeah, I, oh, yeah. I said, really good. I said, well, how did it compare to the one that was the greatest one you've ever heard? <laughs> he, goes, he, goes, he goes, well, I can tell you the differences. And immediately, like, my heart oh, sunk my. just a little bit, you know, like, it yeah. wasn't even, it was like, it was good, but it wasn't like the one that I heard, yeah. you know, and I'm like, oh, and since he told me that, which was last night about 6.15, yeah. I have replayed him telling me that now about 3,000 times. <laughs> right home, what did I do? Oh. What did I miss? So, oh, I don't know that I'm that way, but like, how do you deal with criticism? Or have you got to that point where you deal better with that? Or is that still oh, a debilitating thing? You're speaking to my soul, brother. You, 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 <laughs> you are cut from the same cloth as me, man. I, I am the same way. I, when I'm sharing a song for, for one, I have the, the people that I'm closest with. I'm the most scared to share my, yeah. my music with yeah. because I care most about them. So, you know, like I, you know, it's any, anything that's, that throws it off. I I'm like, Oh, it's terrible. It's not great or whatever. Mm. And so I get really, I have to get the whole concept together in the song and deliver it. If I send a song to somebody and it's in a text, you know, cause now you just like text the, the file. If, if I don't hear anything back within like an hour, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm playing these things in my head. Like, <laughs> Oh no, I feel bad. I took about two days to get back to you. Yeah, no, 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 but, but, and, and I know that now, but like, if I know someone's around and that they probably get to listen to it or whatever in my head, I'm like, Oh, they don't like it. Or they might just say, that's good. Or that's, you know, and they might really mean it's good, but in your head, it's like, yeah, but they, or that's pretty good. They said pretty good. Does yeah. that mean it's like, you know what I mean? And those little things. Yeah. And so it is tough. I think what you have to do is you have to find, you can't go out there and search for a million different, uh, 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 thoughts of what, of, of criticism from other people. You find the people that you really care about that know you. And, uh, and I think the most is the most importantly, is that you, if you know, it's good. And if you really believe it and you really honestly to your core, believe this is, this comes from me. And, and I've made a lot of music. I've, I've, I've done a lot of speeches. I've, I've said a lot of things. I'm open to the idea that it's, that it's not perfect, 
But if I know it's good, I trust my gut on a lot of things. And it doesn't mean that other people's opinions don't matter on it. It's just my circle's smaller on how many people I, I, I give it to you before it goes out to everybody else. Yeah. But, uh, but criticism is tough. I just have to, I have to really, I have to really flush out the whole idea uh, first with myself and get myself fully sold on it. And uh, if I'm trying to get myself to believe it and I know that there's a little, you know, yeah. a little bit of doubt in there then I know maybe I got some work to do, but uh, I've tried to yeah. start to focus more on my intent. In other words, my intent was to serve. Your intent was to give them something beautiful. Your intent was to, you know, give them a gift in their life and that, that I can only really intend to do well. I can only intend to do my best. Beyond that, by the way, that's where my confidence comes from too. Like I know my intentions. My intentions yeah, yeah. this show or with that's you great. or to improve people's lives. And at the end of the day, I think everybody listening to this, you know, focus more on your intent than the opinion about what you're doing. Yes. You also you also anything you try to do, you're gonna be probably not very good at in the beginning and really good at it eventually. So like yeah. going to improve. What about, uh, here's a hard question. I wanted to ask you this. I was thinking about it this morning. Things for me to ask you that everyone gets to listen into. Yeah. Is it worth it? And, and was it hmm. what you thought it would be cracked up to be for me when I, you know, whatever it was like some, some notoriety or wealth or whatever. Yeah. And if someone asked me, was it everything you thought it would be? And my honest answer would be no. There are things about it that are better than I thought it would be, but there were elements about how I thought I'd feel about myself that just didn't happen once I got there because it was an internal game. I thought once I got to, you know, I don't know, a certain amount of wealth or influence or whatever, that I would feel differently about me or mm. life. Yeah. And I didn't, and I didn't, but there were other elements, the freedom, the, the choices, the. I don't know, access to things, whatever it might be, I d- what did exceed my expectations. But overall, I would say, I don't know if it's better or worse, but it's certainly different than I thought it would be. What's the truth for you? You've become one of the most famous artists in the world. It's something yeah. you probably dreamed about as a young man, and it's yeah. happened. Is it what it was cracked up to be? Yeah. I mean, I'm literally like nauseous right now just thinking about this because I'm about to get really vulnerable. Yeah. And uh, this is like this is the feeling I got before I knew to chase it and like, I start freaking out. Um, but then I, I doubled down. I know, but I double down, (laughs) I double down into it and go and run towards it, you know, but this for me is, it's really the, the truth of it is, is that there are days where it doesn't feel worth it. And there are days when I get on stage or I get in that moment where someone comes up to me and says, you know, my, I lost, you know, my father last year and, uh, this song, was literally got me out of bed in the morning and it got me to a place where I felt like I could get through this life and, and, uh, make something of my life. And when I start hearing those kind of things, those are why it feels like it is worth it. There are the days where it's a, it's a grind and it's a, and it's a fight and it's a, why am I here? What am I doing? I could just be at home living a normal life. And, uh, I mean, just, just staying at home and sleep in my own bed, not in a tour bus and not in a, you know, some hotel room. And, and I've sacrificed a lot of social, yeah. uh, and relationships and everything. And, uh, you really do question it at times, even when you think you got to figure it out and you do love it. The reality is, is that there's, you know, everything changes. And, and I, and I, and, and I think that through my career from the start, to now there was a moment in the middle where I almost quit. I almost said, this is, you know, it's not what I thought it was. I'm putting way too much pressure on myself. I'm sleeping like two hours a night. Yeah. You know, I'm putting so much pressure. I can't sleep. I, 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 my, I'm tired mentally all the time. I want, I want to be great, but I just feel like I'm not there. I'm, I'm playing hundreds of shows, you know, a year and I'm just not giving any time to myself. And I don't, I don't, it feels like a business now. It doesn't feel like what I originally got into this for. Yeah. And, uh, and I almost quit. And then I, that was when the part of the journey of saying, I got to be there for myself because that's what it really is, is that I, this whole time have been, you know, trying to please every single person I can Mm. and every, you know, trying to be there for every person that I can. And, uh, and then I'm not there for myself. 
And uh, this is, and then I got a dog, Edgar. Here he is. Edgar. If you guys are watching, not listening, Edgar just pulled up a seat. <laughs> Daddy, right there. Good to see you. Edgar. Oh man, this is Edgar. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about you, man. We were, buddy. But uh, the moment that I, uh, awesome. the moment that I kind of checked out, and uh, I found out that I was like, okay, if if I start putting boundaries in my life, and like and start actually saying, okay, these are the things that this, this is the message that I want to stand for. And this is, this is what I want to say. And this is who I want to be. And I, that was when I got control of my life. That was, that wow. was so huge for me. That was one and, of my favorite things anyone said on the show right there. And it, and it was, it was so true. And I, and I, I, uh, I wrote a new song and on my new album is called get out of my house. Yeah. And, uh, and it was about, it's when you hear the song, it sounds like a relationship that just doesn't fit your life. You know, it's like somebody that comes into your life and kind of tries to change who you are and, and, and just make you not a better person, but kind of bring you down. Yeah. And, uh, and so when you hear to get out of my house in that form, it's like, oh, they, you're just saying, you know, this isn't right. You know, you're, you're treating me bad mm. and and get out of my house. What I really wrote it about was the things that you give real estate in your mind for in your life. And, you know, whether it be a bully and somebody trying to push you around or, uh, a, a just a, a worry or an anxiety weighing in your head and you're like, and you're giving that all the power instead of the, the thing that you love the most, which is your heart and what you let and your passion for what you do. Mm. And it's like, and, and so I started to say, get those, I was starting to tell those things, get out of my house. Like, love you it. know, and, and, and not giving it that space. And that doesn't mean I still don't have things that weigh down on me, but I start taking little increments and just, and just really working on that more and more of like listening and getting out in silence a little bit more and, and stepping away from it. So I could see what I really, what my intentions are, where my heart is, is this, is this serving my heart and the other, you know, the people that I really care about, um, or is this just something that I feel like I'm having to do for, to fulfill, you know, some, something else that, that in someone else, you know, you said, you said, uh, two things there. I want to unpack. One is the bully thing. You know, so yeah. many of you listening to this, Brett's one of them. I'm one of them. Um, you're the bully. Yeah. And you do it to yourself, everybody. So often you're so hard on yourselves. And what you said pr prior to that of, you really can't serve other people if you're not caring for yourself. It's yeah. just, you could for a very short window of time. And what you're going to find out, what Brett's telling you is that you're just depleted. You just become empty. If you don't care for yourself, you're really not the mother you could be. If you're not yeah. caring for yourself, you're not the parent, you're not the leader in business, you're not the creative person you could be. And so it's true. And the other thing you talked about was heart. And I'll mess this up, but it meant something to me. So forgive me for messing up your lyric, but there's where the heart is. The lyric to that about being, to me, it's about being present. And yeah. I'll, I'll mess this up. So forgive me because it's your words, but yeah. says, show me where the heart is. Remember when you felt the summer? Yeah. It took me back to when I was a little boy and I did feel the summer and I was yeah. excited when it would come. And there was a different feeling in that time yeah. in my life. And then I grew up and then every day is the same. And there aren't yeah. seasons anymore. And there's not an anticipation or an enjoyment of the present moment. Remember how the rain fell down on your skin. Just think about that simple thing in life, that feeling of rain hitting your skin and how beautiful it feels. This is what it meant to me when I read these lyrics, right? Yeah. When you lose your sense of wonder, the firework going off in your head, because there was a time we weren't thinking, we were flying, we were alive. I want to feel alive. Yeah. I just I just played that over and over and over again. And I think that so defines how I feel. Yeah. Life and how so many other people feel. So I just want to acknowledge, man, that's a profound lyric right there. Thank you. I, and that's that's truly how I feel. And I that song kind of stemmed from when I almost quit. Wow. And then I kind of went on that journey to make that Sunday drive record. And I was like, I gotta I gotta find those sparks again. You know, I got to find, I got to find that spark. Cause if I don't find that spark again and I just keep going down the path I'm going, I I'll, I'll quit. You know, I'll, I will totally just give into a life that is 
that I've, you know, I've always been a kind of a dreamer and I'm killing those dreams by, by just paying attention to the wrong things. And so I was like, you know, it's, 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 it's a sense of a longing and it's not like you can just all of a sudden think and it's going to be, you're going to fit. But the more, the more and more I started to pay attention to those little things. It's why I love to sing Christmas music because that anticipation, what you're just talking about was, you know, you used to look so much forward to your birthdays or Christmas or whatever, and the anticipation and the magic and the wonder. And for a month out of the year, a month and a half, I get to be that kid again. And I get to bring that joy to people. And I get to feel that, that feeling. And it's like, that's why I love Christmas music. And it reminds me that I could still find that magic. Yeah. I could still find like, it's still there. I'm still that kid. I still have that same heart. He hasn't gone anywhere. I've just buried him a little bit more and more and more through the years. And I'm, and I'm slowly, slowly, you know, digging him back, back out and bringing him back out into the light. And uh, I'm really starting to feel that light you know, and that rain fall back down on my skin again. And, and the days where it's not, I, I at least, at least know that it can pass. And I, if I, if I let it and I don't give it too much, too much, you know, thought and too much weight. This is exactly why I do the show. <laughs> this is why I do the show. Like, like that part about being a kid, he's in all of us still. She's in all of us still. And, and listen, everybody, you know, when you were a kid, you did something really important naturally you operated out of your imagination and your dreams not your history and your memory and at some point you started to shift and you started to operate out of your history and yes. your memory. and that pattern goes away imagination and dreams are so and dreams and imagination but different imagining a new future imagining what your life could be it's free to do daydreaming is free yes to do. Imagination is free to do. And so few of us give ourselves the regular gift. You did it all day as a kid. Oh, uh, yeah. And as you get older, you stop the juice of life, which is, and you just exist. You just do. You do. And eventually you're not going to want to do. Quitting, by the way, what Brett's referencing doesn't mean you just walk away. Quitting means maybe you just don't give it your all. Quitting means you don't grow. Quitting means you don't evolve. Those are all forms of quitting. And so you got to imagine, you got to dream, you got to care for yourself. So let's go back a little bit. We're going to, this is one of these that's like fly by, right? Like, I don't want to, I, I knew it would be good today, but I don't know that I knew we were going to go this deep. And, and, and we've talked, you know, enough about music. I suppose we have one of the greatest artists of all time sitting here on the show. And we're talking about things I think that are even more important. Obviously, I want you to all go get songs about you and you'll thank me. I mean, I'm telling you, some of your influences are interesting. By the way, the Christmas thing, you were super excited about that Christmas stuff. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, what he's saying is like, he was so dang excited about this Christmas album. You see the Christmas gifts he sends too, which are super awesome. Oh, yes. Super good gifts. But, but like, influences on you are really unique because you're, I guess you're a country music singer, although country music has become so broad that to me, it's like, it, there is a bluesy element to it now. There is a rock element to it. It's just, to me, yeah. it's great music for me. Yeah, right. That, absolutely. Like, I know this is a cheesy question, but I just think it's fascinating for a dude in your genre. Who were some of your influences growing up? Cause this is when you hear him sing, you'll get this. If you guys yeah. have not heard Brett sing, but like your influences, there weren't that many country music people necessarily. Right. Yeah. Well, it, and it's, it's so interesting. I, I, I grew up in this very small rural town of Paris, Illinois, 8,000, nine eighty thousand eight hundred and ninety eight people i think back then now there's like eight thousand <laughs> uh but you know there wasn't a lot of music venues around there wasn't a lot uh places to go see music it was whatever i could dis discover from my grandparents from my parents from my friends listening to and so early on you know it was uh it was the eagles and it was it was ario Speedwagon, and it was you know a lot of great classic rock stuff. And then, and then I got in, my mom brought home a, a CD one day of, it was like a, it was like a karaoke CD of, of uh, a Bobby Darren song and Sinatra did it too. It's called Mac the knife. And uh, I don't think I've ever really told this story much, but like this, but it was like a karaoke CD. And I remember my grandfathers used to listen to Sinatra and Bing Crosby and, and uh, just these classic singers and I'd ride around in the car with them. I thought it was cool, but none of my friends were listening to that stuff. You know, like they were listening to, yep. you know, whatever was popular than Backstreet Boys or Instinct or whatever it was. Right. Uh, uh, Garth Brooks, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, 
I thought it was cool because my grandfather thought it was cool. So I was like, all right, mom, I'll give it a shot. And I went and I sang that song and I started winning every talent show with it because I made myself sound like this, this old soul. And then I kind of started to develop that old soul. And I, I fell in love with Frank Sinatra and Ray Charles and these big vocalists because I started to feel these big vocals come out of this, you know. Yeah. I was actually like a little kid when I first started. Now I'm 6'5", but... When I first started, I had this big voice and I could, I could fill a room up, but I was scared as hell to sing in front of everybody. So I'd, I'd stand in the other room and sing and, and sing through the walls basically. But, uh, so I, that's, that was where my influence was Sinatra, Ray Charles, uh, Ronnie Dunn for Brooks and Dunn's voice just blew me away. Cause he kind of mixed that role with the soul and uh, kind of meshed them together and made me love country music. So I kind of had a very wide variety and, uh, and I think that's, it's kind of given me a unique place in, in, in my musical influences to, to create music that is my own, you know, but it also is from someone else, you know, their gifts, like hopefully I could pass that gift on to someone else as well and inspire them to, to find their voice. He's so humble, but just so you know, I mean, most of your fans are Brett's, but if you're not, let me just tell you something. He's one of these people that immediately when he begins to sing, you pay attention. You immediately go, <laughs> you just do. You just go, even go to his Instagram, guys, and watch him do something acoustic on his Instagram. I'm serious. You'll just go, whoa, like, wow, right away, like, like right away. It's just that his, his gift or his talent or the combination of those two things, because they're different things, talents you've worked on, gifts you're given. I kind of think Brett's yeah. a combination of both. And, um, it grabs you right away. It's like, oh my gosh, which is incredible because he has so much ability <laughs> for somebody who just has this thing. And it's just, it's just, I tell people all the time about him. It's just different. It's just Sinatra had it. Like immediately you go, that's the chairman of the board right there. Like, wow. Yeah. Right. Like, wow. Like, and he just, he has that. And so well, thank you. it's just the truth. So that, that putting your armor on in the morning was something that was really powerful for me. Okay. A couple last things. Someone's listening to this. They go, you know what? I do have a dream in my life. I do have a ton of anxiety. I am a bit lost. I don't mm. have a lot of resources. It's not like you had family connections in the music business, Brett, or you, you know, yeah. born into some, you know, you made it because you worked your tail off and you're amazing. But I'm someone sitting here with a dream. I have a chance. I run into Brett Eldridge at Starbucks just randomly. And I say, hey, I heard you on Ed Milet show. It changed my life. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable. One more thing, Brett. Like, what would advice would you give me to just get going towards my dream? What would your advice be to someone who's just afraid? You know, I don't have every resource in the world. And by the way, I'm not completely ready either. I'm not totally yeah. ready. What would you well, say? Well, I, I would say I would kind of go back to that that uh, first verse and where their heart is that we were talking about, where it's like, remember when you felt the summer, remember when the rain fell down your skin, it was like, where'd you lose your sense of wonder? Like when, you, when you're trying to go for that thing, you have a sense of wonder. You don't know exactly how to do it, but it's like chase down the chase down. The, the reason that you're nervous about something means that, that it's probably important. Like the reason that you're scared to go, you know, play that music for somebody is probably because it's important to you. And you want it. So it's like, when I first moved to town, I would go knock on every door in town. Um, and I would bring a CD of like me singing demos and like, and songs that I recorded in a, in a, in a barn in Illinois. And my mom took the, 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 the cover photo of the CD and like, but I was like, I didn't, I was so green. I didn't know. I had no idea that this is a, a really crooked kind of business in some ways and, and harsh and, and, uh, relentless. And, uh, I didn't care because I was just like, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make this happen. And it's like, you think you have to go the point where it's like, if you know, you love it, there's going to be some, there's going to be a grind to it. And, uh, there's going to be, uh, there's going to be a lot of heartbreak. There's going to be a lot of different parts of it, but it's like, do you love this? And like, somebody really asked me, uh, should I be, a, should I move to Nashville and do the thing? And should I, should I be a songwriter? Cause there's thousands of people moving here every week or whatever. Should I go do that? I said, well, is this literally your, this is the path you want to go. And then you have to put every sacrifice mm -hmm. and every sacrifice. And, it, and I think when you asked me earlier and it really made me think about it, it's like, is it worth it? And I think now on the other side of the spots where I felt like it wasn't, I do feel like it is but you got to show up for yourself. And once, once you really grind it out, you'll start to get some little wins that stack up to some big wins. Yeah. 
if you really, if you really go for it, it's like those big wins will get you to a place that you've, that you might've always dreamt about. And then once you're in it, stay in it, but also remember that kid that, that knocked on those doors. You're that same kid that, you know, had a name to prove and uh, you're pretty damn great and be there for yourself. And, and you'll get to the other side and, and look back and think, man, those years flew, but what a beautiful ride it's been. Wow, brother. I have to tell you, we were waiting to do this. I'm so glad we did it now. Like, uh, and, and, the, and, the, and the worth it part, I want to say something to you so that you hear this and I'll let everyone hear it. It is worth it. And I'm going to tell you why it's all worth it to chase your dream. Because when you do get on the other side of it, there'll be things you thought were going to come with it that didn't, but the self-discovery, the things you yeah. learn about yourself. I'm watching a man whom I, I love and admire very much discover so much more about himself that he would have never discovered had he not chased his dream, had he not gone through the hardships, had he not thought about quitting. And so it's not the things you probably think you're going to get. It's the it's these little variables of life. It's these little breakthroughs where you learn more about you. These emotions that Brett struggled with, he would have struggled with them anyway in his life. But this career, this dream, this pushing throughs allowed him to have these discoveries and breakthroughs and awarenesses about himself that he wouldn't have had had he not done the hard things, the difficult things. And so all of you, yes, it's worth it. And you're watching an example of it, not because he sells millions of records, because he does, or he's the best in the world at what he does, but because of the man he's becoming on this journey. And in just this one conversation, he's helped millions of people that he would have never otherwise helped had he not got to the other side of this dream and still pursued it. And so today is it a personification, an example of why it's worth it to chase your dreams. And I'm immensely grateful you did this today, brother. Thank you well, so much. Thank you, brother. Thanks for all the gifts you you give all of us, man. It's like, I, uh, I told you, you've got me through a lot of tough stuff and just by, just by you being willing to learn, you know, and, and, uh, asking great questions. And I think in life, that's one of the best things you do is ask great questions, be curious, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, you'll, you'll learn a lot about others and you'll learn a lot about yourself through that. And, and I'm just trying to learn every day and uh, be a little gentler to myself. It's a lot, it's really easy to pick yourself apart, but there's no matter how tough things get, you've, you can find a lot of beautiful things in your life and uh, a lot of beautiful things to be grateful for. And, and uh, just going along for that ride and seeing it with optimism and, and uh, finding resilience. Like you said, I mean, some of the best things you can learn in life is through going through the hell, you know, and, and, uh, I, I immediately thought when you were just talking about when I was opening up for Keith Urban back in the day, and I was pacing around the parking lot, actually with my, my, like my coach, like therapist kind of, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I, 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 I'm, I'm about to play in front of thousands of people and I don't just don't know how I'm going to get up there and do this. And I feel weird and I, it's all nerves. Mm -hmm. And I, but yet I did. And, and and I didn't die from it. I made, I made it through and I became stronger and I'm so glad. And, and I'm so grateful just to have the conversation like this. Cause I can now look back at that and feel grateful for those moments that I was too scared to do something. And I did it anyways. Oh. And, and the growth from that is tremendous. And I, I think just showing up and being there for that is, is such a beautiful thing. So thank you for that, that insight and everything you do, my brother. Yeah, man, your face changed when you just said that. And it, it, <laughs> we'll, I always say often that on the other side of temporary fear, temporary pain, temporary anxiety, on the other side of that, when you get through it, you get introduced to your other self. Yes. And, and that's a different life. And multiple times in your life, you can get introduced to another self. I'm really proud of this self you've become. Hey, brother, I appreciate that. I really, I really am. And uh, I'm so grateful we did this thing. Gosh, I'm really overwhelmed with it because I enjoyed it so much. And you're a very unique man to be so successful and so vulnerable, so open, and just so, so growth oriented to want to improve yourself and improve other people's lives. So thank you, brother. And, well, and I must, you, I have to say to everybody, you got to go get songs about you. It's so, yes. like, it just, it's just so good. You're going to, it's a, uh, a diverse, uh, record. It's got diverse yes. emotions in it, diverse sounds, diverse um, tempos. It's just, uh, it's so good. There's every single song's good. And guys, you know me, man. I'll just tell you, hey, there's three or four good ones on there. Go get it. It's worth that. I'm telling you, every song on this album <laughs> is great. And I told him that. So please go get it and then follow Brett on his social media, even though we're going to limit his time on there. We want that's to right. That's right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll watch all y'all though. I want, I'll watch it. I just in my, on my own window right there. I got it. And if he's in your town, go see him play. You'll be so grateful that, that you did that. And then in my case, share the show. 
This That's is right. free. Please share this with people that you love and care about. This is one of those. My gosh. It's Let's get it to everybody. Yeah, share it with everybody. And if you haven't done it yet, go get my book, The Power of One More. It's number one on Amazon. It'll change your life. And I wrote it for all of you. So everyone, God bless you and continue to max out your life. This is The Ed Milet Show. 